The other thing that really got in my way personally is that because I had so much training and I had so many of the little pieces all over the place, I created so much stuff that I would take a look at all the stuff that I had and I would get stuck because I didn't know where to start and I wouldn't do anything, which of course is absolutely the worst thing in the world to be doing. And when I first met Sandy, I got all of this energy from her. She was like, you know, lighting a fire under everybody's feet. She certainly lit a fire under my pants. And I started being able to push through and just say no to the little voices that were saying, oh, well, you can do it tomorrow because tomorrow really never, ever gets here. And the one thing that I've gotten from Sandy is that it really does come down to core beliefs and a whole bunch of things like that. And when we went through some of that stuff for me and shattered some of that stuff, my results changed, wow, like they changed almost overnight. So I am so glad to welcome all of you to this amazing call this evening because when Sandy talks about procrastination and beating it to death, I can guarantee you that you will never have heard a call like this before. And so with that being said, we're at the top of the hour right now, and I want to bring my warrior princess over here on the line, Miss Sandy Krakowski. I hope that you're here, Sandy. I'm here. How are you? <laughs> I'm great. I'm great. I'm so glad that you're here. Wow, what a great topic to be talking about tonight. I'm excited about this topic, and we are getting ready for a massive blizzard here. We just... Uh, Got all kinds of things going around the Krakowski household, so I honor every person who got over their crap and didn't procrastinate and got on this call live. That includes you, Rose, because you and I both know everybody's got crap. The minute somebody thinks they don't, I've even got crap that causes me to procrastinate. <laughs> the minute we think we don't have crap, we're already procrastinating. And so why would I start a call out like that? Oh, my gosh, telling people to get over their crap. Because the reality is this. Seven years ago, somebody loved me enough to say, hey, it's not about you. Quit buying into your own excuses. Quit buying into your own reasons, the things that hold you back. Quit thinking so much about all the different things that have to do with you. But Sandy, step up and go fulfill what God has called you to do. Seven years prior to that, I had built my very first kitchenware business with absolutely no mentor. I had had no training, nothing but literally on my face begging God to teach me and studying, 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 studying ferociously how to be successful on the Internet. This was before they had a Google, before they had a Yahoo, where Overture was your search engine, and it wasn't even called a search engine back then. They were doing marketing campaigns and link ex or exchange links. And, you know, we didn't have the Internet like we have now. When I showed my kitchenware products, we didn't do videos. I didn't get in conference calls and teach people how to make good bread and how to do things from scratch and how to he eat healthy. I didn't use conference calls to market over $120,000 worth of one nutritional product a month in my kitchenware business. This is all done the good old-fashioned way. But the reality is this. The good old-fashioned way leads many times to a life that you can't maintain. 
And so I'm really, really grateful that the Internet has evolved as it has. Now we can use videos. Now I can do this call, and now a bunch of people can listen to it. I will say, however, that I have asked God himself what we should be talking about tonight. And I have asked him what you need, what I need, and I truly believe that those who are on here live will receive a blessing. I do. Why would I say that? Well, first of all, I could have come up with my own personal reasons for not being on this call tonight. 48 hours ago, the movers left my brand new house and left hundreds of boxes in every room. I could have come up with a reason why not to do my very first coaching call today with my Aussie friend, Deb, who's one of my clients, at 7 a.m. I could have come up with excuses why I should be doing something else other than this. But the reality is this. I disconnected on purpose on Thursday so I could reconnect on Monday, today, and do what I did today and what I'm doing tonight with you. Procrastination, let me tell you, in my old business, I would have not stopped. I would have kept doing my business. I would have moved. I would have been superwoman. I would have been up all night long. I would have been working all night long. I would have been talking to clients while working. I would have never rested. And eventually, I would have collapsed, not procrastinating. Because at that point, I was living a perfectionist life. And I'm here to tell you, perfectionism, perfectionism and procrastination are cousins. They had the same spiritual root. I would find it very difficult to believe that if you are struggling with procrastination, you don't have some form of perfectionism you're also dealing with. Seven years ago, after building, 14 years ago, a successful company, building bread-making businesses and selling you know, kitchenware appliances and later starting a bread forum simultaneously and at one point running four companies simultaneously together, I crashed. That kind of life didn't work. Some of you are living that kind of life right now where you never rest, you never pause, you never stop studying, you never, ever, ever stop at all. And if you're not careful... While you may think you are the opposite of procrastination, I'm here tonight to shine a light on that. No, you're a cousin of procrastination, and it's the same root. How do I know this, and how can I say this with power, love, and grace? Because I lived it, because I was afflicted with it, because I bought into it, and because I served it daily. All of that success, a $4.5 million kitchenware business, and even being massively in debt led to enormous health crisis. On top of that, I went into building companies with a lot of trauma, went into building a lot of companies with a whole lot of corrupted belief systems, growing up in a very dysfunctional home where perfectionism was upheld, and the minute that anything went off track, it was not a safe place. Some of you can really resonate with that. And so I thought I'd create a better life for my family, and, and perfectionism followed me. Eventually, I was given a year to live. All of that pain, all of that suffering, the gang rape in my 20s, um, having a horrific situation after the rape, and even giving my hand to an abortion, and later even wanting to kill myself for such horrible, devastating decisions. Why am I talking about that on a conference call for business? Because some of you procrastinate or, and, could be both, 
You serve perfectionism because you too have made horrific mistakes in your past. Well, as God saw fit, one night, because I couldn't stay away from the Internet, and I was had a morphine patch, was on low-dose chemotherapy, was massively in debt, had to sell our companies, and was pretty much preparing my kids to live without me. God himself used a business trainer on a conference call very similar to this one to speak into my life. Hey, why are you putting off your future with the pain of today? Why are you holding yourself back when you've been designed for more? That person is Danny Johnson, and God used her enormously to get me to where I'm at today. I want to start this call out with that same message. It's not about you, my friends. When you procrastinate, you hold back many people's possible future. When you hold back what you desire, when you hold back what you were designed for, and what you hold back what you are supposed to fulfill, it's never about you. And so tonight I want to talk about what we can do all of us, wherever we're at, with the excuses we've bought into, the reasons why we don't do the higher priority things that we know we should do that are going to create change. Or if you're serving the cousin of procrastination, perfectionism, you either do all of the high priority things and you do them obsessively over and over and over and over again, and it's never good enough, or... You do all the low-priority things, all of them. You never let anyone help. You seem to believe some expert has to rescue you or else you have to do it all, and you're a perfectionist in absolute, utter slavery to perfectionism. Now, I realize I'm sure there's somebody who just hung up. What the heck is she talking about? Slavery to perfectionism? You know what? I'm, I, serve, I am into a spirit of excellence, and it is very important for, for me to do things with excellence. I believe in that. Excellence and perfectionism, however, are not synonymous, my friends. I'm here giving of my time 48 hours after our move because it's not about me. Because this thing burns in me. Every time I hear somebody give the excuse of why they aren't investing into skill to develop themselves as a business owner or to develop the skill to release the blessing that God gave them or someone gives an excuse or a reason or some kind of well-substantiated dissertation for why they aren't fulfilling what they should be doing. This isn't about me. I could sit comfortably back like I was a couple years ago after God completely ruined and rocked my life, gave me a lobotomy from heaven, completely plucked me out of the pit of mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual hell, and put me into a direct sales industry and began to mold me and form me and groom me to be who I was supposed to be. And then I went and developed a seven-figure copywriting firm. I could still be doing that, hiding behind my computer, making a great income, talking to over whoever I wanted to talk to, only doing it whenever I felt like it, turning it on and turning it off whenever I felt like it. But you know what? There was something inside me that was burning. Something inside of me that says I can't stand by where a bunch of people are told a bunch of lies. Where people are told to do something in marketing but never given the core guts. That's what I call it. The insides that's really necessary to make money. 
I can't stand by why a ton of people talk about info marketing publishing, but they talk about info publishing and they teach you marketing and they teach you list building and they teach you all this, but they never get around to teaching you how to create a product. Why people teach you how to do all kinds of different stuff on social media and before you know it, they got you on Twitter and they got you on Facebook and they got you on LinkedIn and they got you on SymbolUpon and before you know it, you're doing 35 hours a week trying to keep up with all the social media and nobody's making any money. Because nobody's giving anybody a little bit of discretion and discernment on what works and what doesn't work. Everybody's just flying around a million miles an hour. Or you've got people who are trying to become experts at something that's never even going to help them be successful. I personally cannot stand by anymore watching that. So that's where I am at tonight. And I want to share with you in the simplest of terms, what is procrastination? Why do we end up so hoodwinked by it? And why, if it's not procrastination, do we become an absolute slave to something that we thought was actually professional and something to be proud of, perfectionism? You see, perfectionism is very similar to procrastination. It's just far more professional. Perfectionism is professional insecurity. Perfectionism is insecurity that looks like it's got its act together when it really it doesn't. Procrastination, however, sits in the wallow of questions, a sea of questions, a sea of unanswered complications, a sea of business plans, a sea of Excel documents, a sea of documents, a sea of classes, a sea of business training, a sea of courses, and it never moves forward to doing the money-making activities and is constantly redoing its widgets constantly rewriting its autoresponders or maybe looking for the next best trainer after the first trainer for six months didn't wave their magic wand and make procrastination's victim rich. I'm going to use a sense of humor tonight. I hope you'll laugh too. When I had to take a good hard look of where I was, I had built a multi-million dollar company. I had ended up losing nearly all of it. I had ended up massively sick. I literally was sick with so many diseases. My prayer was, will you please just take me home to heaven? I can't stand it here anymore. I can't be who I'm supposed to be. Everything I try to do that I'm supposed to be gets me into trouble. Everything I try to succeed, I'm a failure at. I was a failure when I started my kitchenware business, and now I don't have my kitchenware business. I'm a, I mean, my, my mindset was pathetic. And so hopefully when you hear me tonight talk about procrastination and perfectionism, don't ever forget, I personally probably had far more excuses than you could ever come up with. <laughs> I probably could have written a book called A Million Excuses that everyone will believe if you sell them big enough. I probably could have written a book, The Best Way to Procrastinate and Look Like You're Doing Something Professional. I probably could have written a book, How to Do Everything Perfectly But Never Get Anything Done. So, with that kind of platform, where you know that I'm saying this with love, I'm saying this with grace, understand this. You were not designed by your God to procrastinate and sit in this mire. Procrastination, in the very simplest form of the word, is the act, and you might want to write this down, of replacing high-priority actions or tasks with low-priority actions or tasks. Thus, putting off the most important, 
creating a delay of change, creating a delay of blessing. And eventually, if you've been serving procrastination long enough, this is what happened to me, you will create a false ego. You will create a false identity. You will become somebody you are not. And then you'll wake up one morning and you won't be able to figure out how to move forward. This was me. I'm not talking about any of you. I'm talking about myself. And you will look in the mirror and you will know you were designed to be a champion. I knew I had created a $4.5 million company. I knew that I was designed to be successful. And God had healed my body and I was massively in debt and I couldn't move forward. Because, you see, I had taken on this different identity. This identity that said, don't move so hard, don't move so fast, don't follow another challenge. And I thought, in order to counter being a challenge-driven warrior that God himself, the king of the universe, the creator of the heavens and the earth, had planted inside of my womb at my mother's time of conception, I didn't realize that he put that in me. He said, you, warrior, you, driven by a challenge, you, not the average girl, <laughs> got me into a lot of trouble. And I thought, okay, okay, the way that you get healthy is you just do everything a little slower. And, and, I, and I need to take my goals that I've been getting done quickly, and I need to delay them for about a week and a half. Somebody's going to get set free tonight. And I created this false identity where I believed in order to be no longer a perfectionistic, driven, action-oriented nutcase, because that's what happens when you have the gift to be challenge-driven. That's what happens when God calls you to be a warrior, that if you don't submit to what he designed as far as serving other people, getting good rest, taking care of yourself, keeping your heart and your spirit clean, you, my friends, will become an absolute maniac who never rests. That was me. So I could lead by example, that was me. What will happen is you'll try to become less. And depending on how long you stay there, you will actually drive yourself completely bonkers. <laughs> you will drive yourself absolutely bonkers. You will drive yourself to the point where you're sitting there wondering, who the heck am I? I sat there, and my bones were rotting, literally. My stomach was bleeding, literally. My brain could hardly remember what was on my grocery list, literally. This is what happened when I took on a false identity, trying to become something much more safe, so that I didn't, in my opinion, get myself in trouble. Some of you have come up with the slickest of excuses, and I say that with all love and grace because I did it too. Some of us come up with the reasons, man, whether it's a birthday party or I got another whatever, whatever. Give me a break. This is what I had to tell myself. Listen, if Bill Gates called me and offered me $250 an hour to speak for five hours and it was going to impact the world, would I celebrate my son's birthday the day later? Uh-huh. Yeah, I would. And he wouldn't care. And I wouldn't be a bad mom. But some people, in the route to their destiny, will wait for a birthday cake, will wait for a grocery shopping trip, will give their kids a kiss goodnight when a millionaire is going to teach them how to be successful. Oh, my gosh, somebody just got offended. 
I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. This is what I did. This is what I did. I don't have time for this. I gotta tuck my kids in. I gotta make sure my house is perfect. I gotta make sure the birthday cake is done. I gotta make sure that all this is done. I can't leave. I can't go to any trains. I can't do a coaching call. What are my kids gonna do without me? What's my husband gonna do without me? Oh my gosh, my husband can't do anything without me. My husband can't balance the budget without me. My husband can't do grocery shopping without me. Oh dear God, I had to get over myself. My husband can do all of those things without me. And many of them he can do better than me. But because as I was serving procrastination and as I was serving perfectionism, I did not allow myself to really fully become who God wanted me to be, who my family would benefit when I became, where decisions became very clear, where discernment was rich and always available, where wisdom flowed like a river. Now, am I saying that I don't procrastinate ever any, anymore and I don't ever have any excuses? No way. The only time that's going to happen is when I'm finally dead because that's when I won't have a pulse. Until then, I'm human. This side of heaven, nobody's getting out alive. We're all going to have problems. But <laughs> we need each other in calls like this. We need mentors. I've got my mentors. I hope you have your mentors who can help us to sharpen our acts and be who we should be. Let's look at this. I guarantee you there's going to be people on this call who are going to need release. They're going to need breakthrough. They're going to need freedom of this habit. It's a habit. It's a full-blown habit and a new identity, this procrastination. This is not just something they do occasionally. This is something that they don't just do every now and then. This is where they go when they don't feel like things are safe. Let me tell you this. Before we go any further, let me just shine a light on something again. Profes- uh, procrastination's got a professional cousin. So if you don't procrastinate, but then you're doing everything, typically you have now been begun serving its cousin. Here's what happens. We get caught in all the details, believing as we move forward that you know once we get all these details perfect, we will finally be able to go where we're supposed to go. It never happens. You're never going to get all the details in order. You're never going to get everything caught up. You're never going to get everything perfect. You're never going to be able to do everything. You're never going to learn everything. You're never going to know everything. This actually is sabotage that pulls us back. It's interesting because we never do get all the details perfect. Any more than we start doing things that we know we should do, that will change our life. See, procrastination is a cloak. It's a cloak. It's a cover-up. Perfectionism, it's a cloak. It's a professional jacket, if you will, that I wore for a long time. I wore the perfectionistic jacket, and then when that caused me too much pain and it was too hard to serve, I wore the procrastination jacket. Some of you are nodding your head going, come on, please tell me how to get free from this. Here's what I want to ask you. Why do people, why do we procrastinate? How to stop procrastinating and what our life might look like if we do. Why do we procrastinate? Many times, and I want you to pay very close attention. If you're not in a very quiet place and you need to just go to the bathroom right now at a birthday party (laughs) where you're hiding away, or maybe you're like my friend Angela Brooks 
who works on a hospital ward with some amazing men and women who even on her night shift brings these men and women who she writes about, loves to take care of. She brings them to this call. (laughs) So maybe like Angela, you need to gather around with your friends and listen to this call. By the way, Angela... I just want to say hello to you. I want to say hello to all your friends, and I just want to tell them I love you and thank you for listening to this call. Angela actually works at a state-funded psychiatric ward where some of the most amazing people are staying presently, and God loves them, and they get to listen to this call every Monday. Many times we procrastinate. I'm telling you, Angela, it's very possible somebody might get set free on your ward tonight. It's not because we don't think we have any power. We don't procrastinate or serve perfectionism because we fear we're not good enough. Many times what happens is because we believe that we actually have been given something. It's been said that many times it's the light within us that we fear far more than our potential for darkness. You see, for the longest time as a little girl, I would say things that other people were only thinking, (laughs) and it would get me into a heap of trouble. Uh, People would be, adults would be arguing about certain things, and little smarty pants Sandy, as I was sometimes (laughs) called, would say what the problem was, and I couldn't figure out why these intelligent adults couldn't figure out what it was. I later learned in life that maybe, you know, God had given me a little ability to to discern different things and to maybe to help people out. And sometimes it got me in trouble, got me in trouble in school, had teachers who were threatened by me, had, got me in trouble in business, got me in trouble in the church. Am I saying that I'm a victim? Mm-mm. I can't stand when people talk about, wow, they got in trouble in the church and they got in trouble here and they got in trouble here and they're like leading with a victim story. No, I'm just telling you that in the core of who I am, Maybe you're doing what I did. I made myself smaller because I know that he had created me for more. The only thing is, because of spiritual roots that needed to be cut and needed to be removed, I didn't understand that to use all of the light and power he had given me would actually lead me to the most fulfilling, rich life imaginable. Because... See, my beliefs about what he had given me were married to, coupled with, if you will, some dysfunctional spiritual beliefs. And because of that, the only way to relieve the discomfort was to either become obsessed with perfectionism or to hold myself back as a procrastinator. It's my belief that it's not um, that the few things that we hold ourselves back is because we don't think that we we possess any talent or anything, but because we may literally realize what we've been given. We will actually replace high-priority tasks with low-priority things. We'll actually do things that don't need to be done, that don't create a big result, because inwardly, we also know that if we did the high-priority tasks, we, my friends, could end up creating a change It's interesting because in business, one of the big things that will get you past 500,000 is making sure you're doing the things you're supposed to do. 
making sure that every idea, every lead, every suggestion that comes up, you don't do, even if it looks great. One of the big things that will help you with procrastination and with perfectionism is to get very clear on what you're supposed to be doing. And I want to help you tonight. Some of the reasons of why we get into procrastination and perfectionism is a whole lot different than just goal planning. It's a whole lot different than the inability to follow through. I truly believe that when we do second best, it's procrastinating. When we do things just so, because some of us can do just so and still pass the average person by a mile. But we procrastinate. We know we've procrastinated. A ton of people can compliment us. A ton of people can tell us we're doing great. But we know we've hold ourselves back. We've made ourselves smaller. We've accommodated ourselves to a smaller position and we've procrastinated or maybe we've gotten caught into like perfectionistic details. One of the biggest things that needs to happen for you to fulfill what you were designed to do is to understand that a spiritual root can be the reason why you procrastinate, why you serve perfectionism. And so tonight, I'm going to come to you plainly as one who's actually found some spiritual roots and had them removed in my own life. This is why I'm able to speak to you with love and grace and tell you wherever you are tonight, if your beliefs are different than mine, you're still welcome to be here. If your background maybe is similar to where mine is and it caused you a lot of pain, I'm going to ask you just for courage to follow through here tonight just a little bit further and see whether or not this might change a few things. I'm not asking you to go back to where you were where it was pain, but like me, I really found that the the system of belief, Christianity, the God of the Bible, and his followers, that it caused me so much pain, they were actually a poor representation of the rock star of a God that I actually serve now. The amazing Jesus Christ, who completely rocked my world and is not religious, is not out there to condemn people, is not out there to slaughter people, is not out there to make people small and make people low. My gosh, he suffered a brutal death. That is not the demonstration. Like we see, we see a bunch of religious bigots calling people all kinds of things that they themselves are guilty of. That's not what I'm talking about. But I want to share with you some spiritual roots. No matter where you are in your belief system, you're welcome here. And I love you. Because that takes a lot of power, doesn't it? Unity is diversity and harmony. And I think God loves it. I think he loves it. He made Tahiti and he made Alaska. Isn't that interesting? And he's not asking Tahitians to become Alaskans. And he ain't asking Alaskans to become Tahitians. Why do we procrastinate? It is my belief that the root of procrastination and perfectionism is a spirit of rejection. This is something that can actually come in when you're younger. It's something that can come in through a lot of pain. Obviously, I experienced a lot of rejection as a young girl. My mom was in and out of psychiatric wards. My dad was a workaholic, and if things were not perfect, things were not safe. I got myself into a lot of religious systems, got myself into a lot of trouble, uh, having a child out of wedlock when you're calling yourself a Christian and you're in a very religious church is really a way, great way to get into trouble. 
And before I knew it, I was serving the spirit of rejection. I would actually literally do things. It was nearly like a syndrome that would fulfill the expectation that I deserved to be rejected. I'm here to tell you I don't serve that sucker no more. I know that I know that I know that no matter what I do, no matter where I go, no matter who likes me or who doesn't like me, no matter how many mistakes I may make, that I do not deserve to be rejected. And I want to pass that to you as I talk to you about procrastination. No matter what you've ever done, no matter where you go, no matter what you've done or haven't done, no matter whether people like you or don't like you, you don't deserve to be rejected. Your Father in Heaven says you deserve to be accepted. Yes, you do. You deserve to be accepted. And you see, with procrastination, listen very carefully, we have an inward spiritual root that we believe that we deserve to be last. We actually believe that we deserve to be held back. We actually believe, because of the spirit of rejection, and because of pain, and because of accommodating smallness, that we only deserve to be successful if everything else is done first. And we only deserve to be successful if we only do it at a slow enough pace. That if it happens really, really carefully, really, really quickly, it's very possible we don't deserve it. So we many times, because of the spirit of rejection and because of pain, will cause ourselves to hold ourselves back. It's almost as if we'll only reward ourselves with success if we're good enough. To give these tasks of priority, these actions of first priority, anything that could bring gratification or satisfaction, we have to delay it. And we put ourselves in a place of struggle. Procrastination is directly, my friends, related, related to rejection. And I'm going to stand, you, stand here before you, and on behalf of every minister, every pastor, Every leader, every teacher who has ever harmed you and spoken rejection wrongly, which is every time, over you, I ask you to forgive them. And on behalf of all of them, I ask you to forgive me. My friends, I honestly have never seen a spirit of rejection in any other place on the earth as great as I do in religious cultures. And it's so amazing to me. Because the God of the universe, the King of Kings, accepts those who make insane mistakes. You'll never find anybody that he uses who has a perfect life. You'll never find anybody that he calls who legitimately deserves. I don't deserve the blessing that he has put in my life. My gosh, I've done, it's scandalous. If the grace of God ain't real, this is scandalous. I have made enough mistakes that the Levitical law and all the other different kinds of things should have put me ten feet under a long time ago. But the interesting thing is, is this. He loves me. He loves you. He wants you to know that he loves you. Procrastination is directly related to rejection. And many times we delay what matters because we believe at the core of who we are, we deserve to be second. 
We deserve to be last. We deserve to be the the slowest one in the group. We deserve to not be the one who rises up to the top. We don't deserve to be a leader. We only deserve to be second best. My friends, procrastination is directly related to the spiritual root of rejection. Perfection, it's another form of self-punishment. Yes, it is. It's another thing that accommodates insecurity. You see, you can get to the point where you're so insecure and you're so pained by the rejection and you are so insecure of your own frailties and your own mistakes that maybe at some point in your life you never had anybody speak life over to you over you you never had anybody say to you that no matter what mistakes you make you don't have to do it all you don't have to know it all you don't have to be all i can't tell you how many times i've seen people who tell me they have started a ministry for god and their bodies wasting away and their finances are wasting away and they're exhausted and they're sicker than a dog and they're the one holding everything together but for some reason they seem to think god called them to do all this all on their own i'm sorry i i don't buy into that because there's so many people who would be willing to help so many causes that i see need help personally i actually recently spoke to an organization that feeds the hungry and the homeless and i nearly put on my business coach hat and blew a gourd I have multiple six figures that I want to sow into the hungry, that I want to bless the homeless with. And so as a good businesswoman and a steward of what God's given me, I have a desire to know how things are going, where are the needs, what are the crisis points, how, I mean, what, are there anything that you don't necessarily publicly let people know? Is there anything that's growing and you don't have funds for it? What is it? And actually was met with a very exhausted, controlling, perfectionistic-driven person who literally didn't want to tell me any of that, looking at an opportunity to receive great funds, and wanted to be all and run all and be in control of all. And I sat there and I thought, oh my gosh, this person is dealing with this perfectionistic spirit. And yes, it was in a religious culture, by the way. Oh, no small wonder. I'm not against the church. I'm not against Christians. I'm against the spirit of religion. I go to a church. I have a pastor, Dave Embrick, that I love dearly. You can see him at nmc1.org. Is he perfect? Heck no. He'll be the first one to tell you. But I love the way he loves God. That's the kind of person I want to be. That if anybody finds anything good in me, that they will love the way that I love God. That they won't look for perfectionism in me. This situation, perfectionism. I'm amazed because perfectionism is actually a way of holding ourselves back because we don't believe we need, we deserve help. We don't believe that we deserve grace. We don't believe that we deserve rest. I didn't believe that I deserved rest unless the house was perfect. What a crock of fooey. The house is going to be imperfect the next day. There's a certain place where it's good enough. And if you want to know where good enough is, check out my my client Charlotte Seams and her website. It's charlottesiems.com. A mom of 12, you either figure out what's good enough or you're going to have a nervous breakdown, as we've seen in many episodes on TV. Good enough. I didn't believe that good enough was good enough and everything had to be perfect. 
I personally didn't believe in rewarding myself until everybody else was rewarded. I personally didn't believe that anybody else could handle anything. Oh, my gosh, the years that I actually held my husband back from taking care of things because I had this cockamamie cuckoo bird religious belief that as the wife in the home, I had to take care of every little thing. When the man loves to cook, the man loves to help, the man loves to serve. He's a big old manly man, six foot two, and he loves his wife and he loves helping her. That doesn't mean I was less of a wife. Somebody's going to get that free tonight. Perfectionism is a way of holding ourselves back. We won't allow ourselves to rest. We won't allow ourselves to relax. Write this down. If you are serving perfectionism, you also will not allow yourself to prosper. If you are serving perfectionism or procrastination, you won't allow yourself to succeed. Not until everything's perfect. And my friends, this side of heaven ain't no perfect. Just a whole lot of people who need a loving God and lots of grace and they got to get over their own crap so they can live with each other. (laughs) I'm telling you, perfectionism is a very professional way of holding ourselves back. Rarely are people proud of procrastination. Boy, oh boy, I'm going to bring out some fighting words now, but people tend to be very proud of their perfectionism. They call it leadership. They call it leading people. They call it being on top of the details. They call it doing a good job. I call it professional insecurity and not allowing anybody to help. The root of perfectionism, rejection. Pride in becoming very confident and proud of our perfect ways as if it's the right thing to do. Do you know what happens when you're very proud of your perfect ways? Everybody else isn't as good as you. So now you end up with an offensive, bitter root of criticism. And before you know it, you have a bitter root inside of you that judges everybody to validate yourself. This, my friends, is the manifestation of serving a spirit of rejection. It is my belief that if you struggle with procrastination or you struggle with perfectionism, you have a root of rejection that you must destroy. You must take that root and you must put round out in it or whatever the heck that thing is, round off, whatever. It's What happens is you put it into the ground and it destroys the roots. If you cut down a tree, the roots will still grow and destroy your plumbing if it's growing right next to your house. If you cut down a tree and you don't destroy those roots, it's going to multiply. If you've got all kinds of weeds in your farm field and you don't get rid of those weeds and you only trim them down with a mower... Oh, you're going to have a multiplication of weeds the next harvest. It's very important if we're still holding ourselves back and we don't see it because we're doing everything perfectly or we don't see it because we are in such a habit of not believing that we don't deserve to be successful or we don't deserve to be, you know, the one in the front. We don't deserve any other place than last. Perfectionism takes a high-priority task and then does it over and over and over again. Procrastination takes a low-priority task and does only that and stays away from the high-priority task. We do the low-priority tasks and actions and then we do them over and over again and the bottom line with procrastination and perfectionism has a lot to do with your belief. I would love to talk to you about there is a way that 
instantly, instantly, not 97 weeks of therapy, 267 tablets of an antidepressant, and 463 tablets of an anti-anxiety later, you can get rid of this root of rejection. Why do I use examples like that? Because in my past life, 10 years ago, after being, you know, gang raped, after going through a horrific abortion, after serving that kind of life half my entire life, I personally had taken antidepressants and anti-anxieties and anything to just silence the pain. And ironically, I met more pain. And then I discovered this thing that ruined these roots, cut it off. Cut it off at the core. And any time that procrastination or that perfectionism tries to take root again, and don't think for one minute it won't try, resistance is a strong opponent and its role is to make you strong. The minute you start serving these things as they rise back up, you're getting weaker. So resistance will come, and it will try to plant these seeds again of procrastination and perfectionism. But this thing that I'm going to tell you, boom, gets rid of the seeds instantly. You're not dealing with a whole harvest again. You're not dealing with a big, thick, thick, thick bamboo strong root again. Instantly you can get rid of the seeds. Let's talk about how you do that. Number one. Write down the very first answer that comes to your mind when I ask you these questions. This is just for you, your God, and yourself. Nobody's going to ask you to turn this in. Nobody's going to ask you to post it on Facebook. Quite frankly, I would think it would be silly if you would. Because I think this is a very personal thing, and I think to get rid of the root, let's just go before our God and take care of this. The very first word that comes to your mind, I want you to answer this question. Do you believe you deserve to move forward in your business? write the answer down you either do or you don't there is no middle road there is no i do sometimes and then i don't know the times and i'm just not quite sure but you don't know my circumstances you don't know my excuses you don't know what i've done you don't know my family line you don't know my husband you don't know my wife you don't know the finest trouble i've got myself in no yes or no do you believe you deserve to move forward do you believe number two you deserve to succeed Hmm, let me word this a different way. Number two, do you believe that your God wants you to succeed? The third question, do you believe that it's okay to not be perfect? That perfect, if you lay it aside, doesn't mean you're going to turn into be a slob. But midway in excellence is okay. Do you believe that you can actually get some help? Maybe hire an assistant. Maybe hire a housekeeper. Maybe take away some of the things that you're doing that don't need to be done because they're low-priority tasks. You know, keeping the lawn perfect is a low-priority task when you're raising a family. Keep it nice. Get a decent lawnmower. Lawn mow it so it's nice. Enjoy your family. Keeping it perfect, unless Better Homes and Gardens are DYA, what DIY, and you got a contract with them, not that the possibilities coming by, can the perfect lawn. <laughs> Low priority tasks. By the way, 
I have never met an internet marketer who has a perfect lawn. And then they said, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the opt-ins in my list went up because I have a perfect lawn. I'm telling you, my copy converted because I got a perfectly clean house. I'm telling you, I got a bigger list and I'm selling more products because I made every meal from scratch. I'm telling you, my house is perfectly clean and I can live on four hours a night. And that is why we were successful. You're not going to hear it. One of the keys to success, I believe, is being able to get help where you need it and also being able to say it's good enough. Now, I'm going to answer what these questions are, and then I'm going to tell you about that thing that gets rid of the, gets rid of the root. It's rid of the root right away without 97 sessions of therapy. You should believe that you deserve to move forward because you do. Your God is for you. He's not against you. You deserve to move forward in your business. Yes, you do. Even if you failed. I've had success in business and I've had failures in business. You deserve to go forward. Number two, God actually wants you to succeed. Because it ain't about you. If you succeed, it's actually a moral, it's a really morally good decision. Because you'll help more people. Those who succeed... In business, have more power to help other people. Those who succeed in business have more ability to impact other lives. So last time I checked, he's into impacting other lives and into helping people. He would like you to succeed. So then some of these perfectionistic ministries, all of us can combine together and maybe help them out (laughs) so that they have a few more resources and they don't have to do it all themselves. Do you believe that it's okay to not be perfect? Let me tell you what, you don't have to be perfect. Some of you need to look in the mirror tonight. Write it on your mirror in red marker or red lipstick or something. I don't have to be perfect. Let me share with you an equation that will help with that. One that helped me so greatly when I was going through years and years of um, healing from all the different things that I had gone through. It was this. I believed that what I did, plus what other people thought of me, is what God thought of me and saw who I was. What I did, plus what other people thought of me, was who, who I was in God's eyes. That, my friends, is a lie. What I do, what you do, plus what other people think of you, is not who you are. That thing is birthed by a religious spirit. You have to X that out. And truth is this. What he does for you and did do for you, plus who he says you are, equals who you are. And the last time I checked, from Genesis to Revelation, he said you were worth dying for. He said you were worth giving up everything for you me and all of our different troubles there's enough forgiveness for all of it there's a bazillion million second chances that we deserve to be accepted that we deserve to move forward and that he sees us in the light of somebody who's worth celebrating it actually says in the book of zephaniah that he sings over us is that mind-boggling or what he's not tolerating us somebody needed to hear that tonight He's not tolerating you. He celebrates you. Now, let me teach you a little secret that I have learned 
that I use every day. Sometimes, some days more than others. To help me get past procrastination. To help me overcome perfectionism. Some days I have to use it more than others. Others days it may seem like it goes by and I don't have to use it that much at all. But let me tell you how you get rid of the spirit of rejection. You have to ask yourself this. Who has ever questioned your success? Who has ever planted that seed that you don't deserve to be successful? Who has ever laughed at your business building efforts? Who has ever really made you feel stupid about building a business or made you even feel unsafe about being successful? My friends, the thing that gets rid of the root of rejection is forgiveness. It's forgiveness. Forgiveness is the only thing that that root of rejection, it's like, you know the movie The Wizard of Oz where, you know, they pour um, the water on top of the witch and she's like, I'm melting, I'm melting, and she disappears. It's one of my favorite scenes (laughs) because to me, when the root of rejection went away, when the bitter hurt went away, when the pain went away, it was like God allowed me to forgive and I poured the water and the oil of love and forgiveness over the person in the situation that hurt. And it was like that woman, I'm melting, I'm melting, and it just completely disappeared. And every time it may try to come back, which there will be memories that trigger it. There will be situations, trust me, there will be people that you're almost like, oh, dear God, is there a spitting image of that person? We're really resistant, and even sometimes God is trying trying to help you realize, listen, you're strong enough. Forgive. Forgiveness is the thing that helps you to overcome the rejection. But my friends, here's what you have to do. You have to say, and I don't believe this is something that you can say internally. I believe this is something that you have to say out loud. This is something where I had to say to the people at specific churches, Pastor Davidson, I forgive you for making me feel like I was a whore for having a child without being married. I slipped and got myself into a situation with a man that I shouldn't have. But I was not a dirty girl. I was not a bad girl. And it was not a bad choice to have my son. And I forgive you. These are the words you say. You say how it made you feel. Really be honest with how it made you feel. And then you say, I forgive you. And I release you. Now here's the powerful thing. And I bless you. This is what, my friends, gets rid of that spirit of rejection. Now some of you, this will be just a couple different things. Others of you, you may be like me. Where over the course of a few years, Different things would pop up. Even recently, a couple things popped up and I thought, oh my gosh, the thing that I'm feeling in my heart, it reminds me of that. Oh, I had no idea that that pain is still buried deep in there. And I went right to the memory and right to the offender and said, so-and-so, when you did this, you made me feel like this. 
But that wasn't true. It wasn't my fault. It didn't happen on purpose. It was an innocent mistake. And you made me feel like it was all of my fault. I realized that you didn't know the truth, and I forgive you. I release you, and I bless you. It's amazing the knots go away in your stomach. Your bones will even stop aching. Pressure in your head will stop pressing in. Some of you, before you put your head on your pillow tonight, quite frankly, I think there's probably somebody sitting there right now with Angela Brooks who needed to hear this, who before they go to bed tonight can say, so-and-so, and they don't have to be there. Some of my offenders have passed away. Some of my perpetrators have been gone for more than 10 years. Some of the people who caused me the greatest harm live clear across the country and I have no idea where they are. Sometimes it may be far too painful to go to them. Not likely I'm going to go to the boyfriend who raped me. Not likely I'm going to go to all the guys who coerced with them. Locked me in a telephone booth in downtown Detroit. But through the course of time, step by step, every time I didn't feel safe, several years ago I went to San Francisco and had a great time with family and we celebrated my son's birthday and we went shopping and had a great time and we had parked in a parking structure and I thought this memory was gone and forgiven. And we were in the parking structure and all of a sudden in the back seat I felt like I was going to have a panic attack. Now, because of the tools that I'm giving you tonight, listen to what happened. I didn't go into total terror. I didn't start shaking. I didn't start sobbing. I didn't start cursing. All the different manifestations of what happens when people have dealt with rejection. They can get really controlling. They can get very perfectionistic. They can withdraw. They can do all kinds of things. I instantly said, oh, wow, there's that memory. I forgive my perpetrators. I know that currently right now in this parking garage, I am safe. I'm with my husband. I'm with my boys. And lo and behold, my God is with me. He was with me that night, and he's with me right now. I release them. I forgive them, and I bless them. And it was like, boom, like somebody gave me, you know, some drug from heaven. Quite frankly, I think heaven's got the best antidepressant and anti-anxiety you'll ever find. And boom, right into my bloodstream, gone. All the all the the um, irritation and tension. There's going to be situations, times when you get into situations where it pops up. This, my friend, is a millionaire tool that I have been taught that I want to pass to you. This is a tool that I've been able to walk with my boys through different traumatic situations, different situations where maybe kids have hurt them. Hurting people hurt people where adults have said things or done things to them. And I've been able to walk them through, how did that make you feel? And you need to tell that person, I forgive you. And even if they can't go in person, to say it out loud with someone else there, or to even write it in your journal, how it made you feel. Some of my memories, I had to write in a journal. They were just way too traumatic. They were not something I would ever feel like I could say to somebody else. I'm actually shocked that I could even talk to you tonight about forgiving 
you know, those perpetrators, those men who, who took my femininity and my femaleness and violated that. But you can hear the healing. You can hear the restoration. You can hear the wholeness. There were other things that I had to only write in a journal. And then when I wrote them in the journal, I put them together in like a ball of paper, ripped it out of the journal, and then I burned it. And as it was burning, I said, I release you. I forgive you. And I bless you. And some of those things had to be burned just for me to see. And boy, oh boy, talk about crying victories through your tear ducts. <laughs> I feel like some of the things I've been through, I've cried some red seas through these tear ducts. And it's only because of that that I'm able to talk to you. Some of you are procrastinating your success in business because of some of the things you've dealt with in other parts of your life. Some of you are holding yourself back, making yourself be less, making yourself not receive success quickly. Go slower. Do less because you believe at the core of who you are you don't deserve success. Some of you are still believing the, the, a teacher or somebody who, maybe you're like me, girls don't do that kind of thing. Oh, no, no, that's not what it was. Good girls don't do that kind of thing. Faith-based girls don't do that kind of thing. Don't do that kind of what? I was supposed to be the pick-a-fence wife who made bread, who had the perfect home, who did all these little lovely things, and my husband went off and created a great income, and we were going to be wealthy. Now, my husband does have a great income, and my husband does have a great skill. I have no idea why he did this, but God put this thing on me that says, make a lot of money. God put this thing on me that says, understand business. God put this thing on me, who was supposed to be the little stay-at-home mom in my home, which I, I esteem that. I just want you to understand how I tried to accommodate what I thought by what other people programmed me with into my reality. <laughs> and I'm going to try really hard not to get emotional because this is all really coming fresh to me. Where my husband and I have sat before God on our knees and said, holy mackerel, you're like breaking all the rules. You're like, he's supposed to be the provider. He's supposed to make the big income. She's supposed to stay home. She can make a little side income, but she's supposed to like take care of the kids and have the babies. And, you know, if she goes off and gets a great job, that's all right. But, I mean, give me, great, give me a break. He's the one with the college degree. She doesn't have the college degree. Here she is making in a month more than he makes in a year. Hello, what's going on up there? Did you get something wrong? Did you put it in the wrong people? And God has said back to us, no, <laughs> I didn't do it wrong. I did it exactly how I wanted to. And it's going to take forgiveness of people who spoke those things over you, Sandy and Alan. It's going to take a rewiring of what maybe you think things should be. But if you follow me and you serve these people through a real change and you stay humble and you teach them how to forgive, how to get past these offenses, how to take procrastination and cut its stinking head off, how to tell perfectionism, go back to hell, I don't need to be perfect, I will bless you. You will not lack one good one good thing. That's what God told me two years ago. You help other people be successful, Sandy. It was actually almost a, a year ago, January of 2010. January 1, 2010. He said to me, if you help other people be successful, I will make sure you don't lack one good thing. I'm going to pass that to you. And in order to help other people be successful, my friends, you have to get past procrastination and you have to get past perfectionism. And the only reason that I know, the only way that I know how to do that is through forgiveness. Success comes many times t 
to those who put off all these low-priority actions, actually all the time, not many times. In order to be successful, you're going to have to put off the low-priority actions and tasks. You're going to have to give yourself grace to put off and delay, or here's the deal, don't even do some of these things. Delay what doesn't matter. Refuse to do what doesn't pass the 333 test. If in three days, three months, and three years, it's not going to amount to a hill of beans, you might want to have somebody else do it or don't do it at all. For me, that was keeping my house perfect. I ran a cleaning business. I had to have my house perfect. Because the perfect house is I'm a serious homemaker. A perfect house is I'm a really good wife. That's not true. A wife with a happy spirit says I'm a good wife. A wife who loves her kids and loves her husband says I'm a good wife. So now I have a single mommy who comes in twice a week. She helps me with my laundry. She's actually raising her daughter's child. She's a a woman who's about my age. She's raising her grandbaby. Her daughter lost custody of her baby. Um, She was a meth addict and is looking at a prison sentence. And now she helps me as my assistant locally. She comes in and does all these things that mattered so much to me. She comes and does the laundry. She comes and takes care of the cleaning for me. She comes and keeps up on things. Now, do you see if I kept serving perfectionism, she wouldn't have an income. From me. She might have gotten somewhere else. But God created the ability for me to provide an income, a job for somebody. Regular work. You see, my friends, you have to get past your perfectionism and your procrastination because it ain't about you. To procrastinate is to delay the high priorities and to focus on the low priorities. To be a perfectionist is to overdo the low priorities or the even the high priorities and never get to the next step. But my friends, to be successful, you're going to need the grace of God. You're going to need like-minded people who I'm very grateful. We have over 90,000 clients here with a real change. And we can all support and encourage each other. Because the deal is they're not teaching a lot of the stuff in school. They're not teaching a lot of the stuff anywhere. And so let's use this platform in business. If you've been struggling with procrastination or perfectionism, I want to encourage you tonight to go through those things, maybe in a journal, in a notebook, by yourself before you hit your head on your pillow. Many of you may have stuff you need to work through regularly. I have a a great spiritual mom. Her name is Dr. LaVon Atnip, who I have worked with for years as I was working through these things. I now talk to her two, three times a year. Because the more business you grow, the more that those different roots go, we haven't been around for a long time, but we're here, and I have to get through them so that I can serve more and more people. But here's the deal. Some of you tonight will be huge release from one big thing. Some of you are going to cry like you've never cried before. And some of you are going to get like I did and get mad as a hornet that you've been believing a lie. And you're going to step into your destiny. That's how a lot of healing came to me. When I realized, oh, oh, wait a minute. You mean this has actually been distorted and I'm supposed to be successful? And I deserve to be accepted. I don't deserve to be rejected. Even when I make huge mistakes, I don't have to be perfect. Wait a minute. And that's what brought huge healing to me. And so my prayer for you tonight is that that will also pass to you as you listen to this recording, as you go through some of these things that you need to release and some of these things that you need to forgive. It will be hugely life-transforming to you, and it will be a key to success that you can take through every day 
every month and every year of your business. It will prevent you from getting into all kinds of situations that will hold you back in your business, all kinds of second best. You'll no longer put serve the second best and, and put aside the best. But these two things, um, being able to forgive and being able to release, will help you to get rid of these different tendencies of perfectionism and procrastination. If you have any kind of question that I can help you with, we have about five minutes here. We've gone a little bit over, and I can hear my husband. He got home late, making sure that everything was set at the house that we just left. We've actually been renting for a couple years, waiting for the market to crash and looking for the right time when God said, Go, bye! So we did and have just been really, really blessed with that. Um, And I heard him come in and going to go spend some time with him. But before that, if you have a question for me or any kind of comment, go ahead and hit star two. And I will do my best to see how I can help. Let me see. No questions. Well, that's okay. (laughs) Maybe a bunch of people are praying. Let me see. All (laughs) righty. I see some people here who are telling me they're listening live, and I see some friends that I love, Pat, Marianne, and Larice, and then I've got another Pat as well. Thank you so much for your awesome comments. Just appreciate you and, and bless you. I've got Todd on the line with me. How can I help? Todd Efrink. Todd, you might have to hit star seven if you want to unmute yourself. Hello? Oh, maybe he pushed it by accident. Let me see. All right, I have 303-981. You're on the call with me. Hello? That's very interesting. I'm unmuting people, and they're not on the line with me. (laughs) If you wanted to chat or have something to... Okay, Todd's raising his hand again. Hello, Todd? Why is it not unmuting you? Can you hit star seven, Todd? Nothing. Can you hear me now? I can. (laughs) Hi. Well, I, we can we can do a Verizon commercial. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? <laughs> or maybe that's Sprint. <laughs> How can I help you? Well, you have helped us so much. Renee and I are sitting here. We listened to you for the first time tonight. Got your um, oh wow, <laughs> that's awesome. We're stuck here in in L.A. right after first steps to success, and we are just addicted to you already. Thank you so much for the life and how much you make a difference. That's all I have to say. Thank you. Bless you. Well, I hope that you get where's home. In Missouri. We have All right. I... Yeah, you have the blizzard that is beckoning our way. <laughs> yeah, do you got do you have all your airports locked down? Yes, we can't get back till Wednesday. So, we're here oh, to just word. learn and study. We're going to have 3 days of just really digging deep and right searching on. and finding out what God wants us to do next. All righty. Well, I just pray prosperity and increase all over that and wisdom to see things faster than you ever thought before. Good stuff. All righty. Does anybody else have any questions or comments? Go ahead and hit star two. 
Yeah, I'm looking at uh, weather.com, and it looks like holy mackerel. You'll have to either be far west or or uh, far south to not be hit by this thing. And if you have a question or comment, go ahead and hit star two. Holy smokes. Now we have a couple. 337. How can I help? 462. Hi, Sandy. This is Anissa. Hi, Anissa. How can I help you? I just wanted to say that this call, I've listened to you for a long time, but this call hit home and hit my heart like mm. I can't even explain to you how much I needed this and how much I did not realize that things that I thought I had settled, mm. um, I have not. And I've wrote pages and pages the whole time that I was listening, and I just wanted to say that the whole forgiveness being the solution of getting rid of the root and procrastination, how you made all of this come together in my heart and in my mind is just amazing. And God bless you, and I thank you for this, and... That's it. <laughs> Bless you. Thank you very much. I receive it. Well, I have to tell you, I wasn't. I had a couple notes, and I said, "Okay, God, I'm gonna open my mouth. You better show up. I'm gonna look like an idiot." <laughs> no, he was there. He was there. <laughs> so God fun. is definitely there. Right on. Bless so, you. God girl. bless you, sister. All righty. Let me see who else is on the line. Six zero seven seven five three. How can I help? Valerie Humnick. I'm Nick Valerie. Yeah. Hi. Hi. How can, can I you help? hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Oh yeah. Um, I always thought that what I needed to do is to learn business, not to go through therapy and all of that. That was always in my head, and so that was powerful to hear that and. Um, I have been a champion procrastinator and perfectionist. So this is a really, really powerful uh, night tonight for me. Right on. Well, we're from one former professional excuse queen and master perfectionist herself who has been set free. I welcome you to the side of freedom. (laughs) Bless you. Thank you very much. All righty. Right on. And 303-981, how can I help? Hi, Sandy. My name's Kay. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. How are you? Oh, thank you. I've been having a hard time with all the combinations. I think I'm much better. You've told me things I would have never suggested or even thought of, of Mm. uh, why I do the things I do. Mm-hmm. And when you get to the religion, I'm a recovering Catholic. I was went to mm-hmm. Catholic school and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. there's there's so much that you mm-hmm. spoke of that is me. The whole rejection thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And the worst of it all was it was my father mm-hmm. more than anyone else, who I was just never good enough. And I didn't find out until I was like 40 years old that he actually it was really true. I just thought I imagined it. And nobody else noticed it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we don't believe ourselves, do we? <laughs> mm-hmm. Bless you. You are good enough. Yeah, I, I, it's very hard to yeah. it's very hard to make that happen. And I'm, I'm 53 years old. I should have figured this out a long time ago. Well, and, no, well, no. Yep, yeah, you know, we all have pain and and stuff like that. And 
you're good enough and your God says you're good enough and something you can even pray tonight is, hey, God, would you open my eyes and show me that I'm good enough? Because I can't figure yeah. this thing out on my own. Right. I, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I mean, I, I, it's like I, I, I read the Bible. I studied all kinds of religion. I studied all kinds of religious things, and and I ended up reading all the verses that said I was a schmuck and I was in big trouble, and all the sentences and judgments right. were for me. <laughs> they were all for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, and it was so wild because his grace entered in, and I realized that God loved me in all of these things. All of a sudden, it was like holy mackerel. I mean, success books were talking about a different potential, and I truly believe that anyone can change their focus and truly see who they who they are. So I'm going to believe that for you. And I'm, I'm going to share that. this with my family as well. You don't mm-hmm. have to be in business, but you guys need to hear this. And yeah, bless you. You've, just, uh, you've really opened the door in a blessing that I was obviously hiding from myself. Mm. Bless and you. Can't tell you how much I appreciate the awakening call you just gave me. Mm. Well, come on out, Kay, and be alive because you're amazing. Well, thank you very much. I, I'm, I'm with you on Facebook. I'm always trying to keep track of you on Twitter and yeah. stuff, too. So I'm, I'm getting right. there. Bless you and, and much love to you. Yes, yes and, and bless you, too. There. Thank you. All righty, everybody. I am actually going to open the lines. I'm going to go take care of my handsome husband. <laughs> and he he actually worked late and went to go check on a couple of things at the house and got in while we are doing the call, and his wife's over here talking loud in her, her corner office. I'm going to open the lines, and everybody, let's all just let each other know that you are amazing and your God loves you. All right, you're all you're on mute. You're amazing. All of you are amazing. You're We're amazing. all amazing. You're amazing. You're amazing. We're amazing. We are all amazing. amazing. You're amazing. Thank you. 